Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! My name is Jason Allen Hammer. Right across from me is Big Nige. Are you ready for a good time? Are you ready for fun? Are you ready to check in with wheeling, dealing, hair sniffing, kiss stealing Joe Biden? I got hairy legs. Happy birthday, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Kajan, Kajan, Katanji drowned Jackson. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Joe Biden, uh, President Biden, had an interview with PBS, and they were asking him about the, uh, you know, the Biden crime family, his uh, crooked family, and if it's going to be a problem with the new Republican House doing all the sorts of investigations. One of the things Republicans say is a priority for them is investigating your family, your son Hunter, your brother Jim. They talk about uh, uh, access that they say others have gotten because of you, because of your political success. How do you how do you plan to to deal with that? The public's not going to pay attention to that. They they want these guys to do something. If the only thing they can do is make up things about my family, it's not going to go very far. Yeah, the public's not going to pay attention to that because your friends in the media will make sure yeah. that the stories don't get out there. <laughs> Wasn't that what the whole thing about yesterday was? Mm-hmm. How the fire Twitter execs did their damnedest to squash a lot of bad information about your son? Well, not only that, but worked uh, in concert with the FBI and the DNC to uh, you know, help them decide what to suppress and what to censor, which right. is a severe violation of the First Amendment. Sure. And listen, if Hunter wanted to do stupid things and smoke crack and have shady business dealings, go ahead. But the problem is the big guys involved. What kind of kickbacks did the big guy get? Well, what did it say on the uh, the laptop? I think we all know what it said. 10% for the big guy. And what kind of dirt are not now sitting on <laughs> to make Joe Biden a little compromised here? Listen, he keeps giving items over and over again to Ukraine. Why is that? Is all of a sudden this country enamored with Ukraine? Not really an ally of the United States? A country that sided with Saddam when we had a little, you know, dust up with Iraq a few years back? Or could it be, and I'm just spitballing here, that the big guy's a little compromised that Hunter Biden had some shady business dealings go sideways and Zelensky's playing hardball here. Maybe you give me some aid. Maybe you keep giving me money. Or maybe we spill the dirt on your drug-using son. Uh, more on this interview with PBS. Joe Biden was asked if he kind of dropped the ball with the whole Chinese spy balloon. You think? I think that uh, um, the idea that was a dereliction of duty, is, I think, is, a, is bizarre, a bizarre notion. China knows exactly that what the deal is with us. I've never heard anybody uh, answer a question with a non-answer. As, uh, that was the worst thing I've ever, answer I've ever heard. I didn't even understand it. Like, what, is, what did he say? China knows the deal with the United <laughs> States. Yeah, they yeah, know he, the deals. They can get away with whatever the he, hell they want. He dropped the ball. And now, of course, the U.S. military, uh, just on a side note, and we'll talk about it in a minute here, the, the U.S. military now says officially it was, the spy balloon was spying. You we don't know, say. Yeah. 
Huh. Now you tell us. I'll be damned. Uh, one more clip here. This is Joe Biden's interview with PBS. Joe Biden, now think about some of the things this guy has said in the past, says that politics are getting too mean. Most Americans are of the view that uh, um, we've got this has gotten too mean. It's gotten too uh, too uh, personal, gotten too divisive. Too yeah, mean, too personal. He's been part of that. I mean, he's the one that called uh, Trump supporters MAGA extremists, that, uh, compared him to domestic terrorists, said they were a threat to national security. And when he wasn't talking about politics, he was getting personal with voters. Remember, there was a guy in Iowa, a potential Biden voter, that he had a little issue with, and he did everything but call him fat ass. <laughs> look, fat, look, here's the deal. <laughs> Look fat. He had to stop himself from finishing that off. Look fat. Here's the deal. And then there was another potential voter. Oh, that's the best. That he called, and I don't even know what this is, a lying dog-faced pony soldier. You ever been to a caucus? No, you haven't. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. That's such an old guy thing to say. And not only that, I think that he was addressing a female constituent, a female <laughs> voter. I mean, calling a female a dog is probably like the worst thing you could do, especially if you're a Democrat. It's 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 misogyny. It's sexism. But that guy dog says it's getting too mean. It's getting too personal, and people don't like that. Look, fat. Here's the deal. <laughs> this. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, when you sick the DOJ on concerned parents going to school board meetings and labeling them domestic terror threats, when you refer to people that supported Trump, may have voted for Donald Trump, liked his policies, when you call them uh, MAGA extremists, that's divisive. That's mean. But... Is it if you don't remember that you said it? That would be Joe Biden's defense. It's not a lie if you can't remember it. <laughs> so you mentioned this just a moment ago. Uh, the Chinese spy balloon. Turns out it was spying. No way. Shocker. And now, try not to laugh, but China is calling on the U.S. to return the spy balloon debris. <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, can we send Eric Swalwell over there too with it? <laughs> so you got what? What do you trade for? Uh, what do you trade for that? Well, how about the seven trillion dollars that this country was forced to spend over COVID, yeah. which they released? You give us seven trillion dollars, right. and we'll give you back the remains of the spy balloon. How about that? Is that a deal? Will you take that? And maybe Swalwell can bring some flowers and candy to <laughs> Fang Fang on his way over there. A high-ranking Chinese diplomat has called on the United States to return the debris from the spy balloon that was shot down, saying that failure to give back those parts would be more proof that the Americans have been dishonest in this conflict. Oh, we have, have we? <laughs> um the Chinese balloon, uh, this is uh, from a, a report, Chinese balloon that crossed the U.S. was outfitted with antennas likely capable of collecting communications, a senior State Department official said today, adding that the Biden administration is preparing to take action against China's surveillance program. <laughs> Shouldn't we have already taken some action against China's surveillance program? I mean, shouldn't that have been one of the works already? This thing was allowed to hover 
over like military bases, you know, secret nuclear missile silos. Not only were they taking pictures, they were able to get audio and conversations as well. And we knew about this. And Joe Biden's response was, eh, hell, it's over land. What do you want me to do? Uh, the balloon was also equipped with large solar panels capable of powering an array of intelligence collection sensors. The manufacturer of the balloon has a direct relationship with the Chinese military. Yeah. Not good. Ugh. Real quick, speaking of things that are not good, oh, the U.S. State Department has put out a warning about spring breakers that are thinking about going to Mexico. Well, I saw this. Yeah. Six Mexican states are now under the State Department's most severe do not travel warning due to crime and kidnapping concerns. And these are some of the popular resort I, towns. I, I know you said I know this article said they're popular, but I I've never heard of any of them. And I'm not a Mexico aficionado. I think I've only been to Cancun when I was a kid. Cancun's but, not a part of this. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But the popular Pueblo Bonita Resort in Sinaloa, Mexico is part of this. Now, I know people who have gone to this Pueblo uh, resort before, but it is part of the severe do not travel warning. So what are they saying? The cartels have kind of infiltrated these right. these resorts and are, you know, established ties with businesses and stuff? A U.S. Marshal said that, yes, the cartels have infiltrated and kidnapping is a big concern Jeez. here. Now, the six states that are under this extreme warning, I'm going to make Allison read. Allison, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel show <laughs> Hello, here. It's please, me, your uh, white producer. <laughs> <laughs> please tell us these six states that the State Department has said do not travel. Uh, sure. Guerrero, Coca Vila, Michoacana, Silo... La, Sinola, Sinola, uh, Tamaulipas, and Zacatecas. Yeah! Wow, that's not was, too bad. That's very, what I'm talking about right you. there. Very yeah. impressive. There's no way I was even going to try those, so I totally threw Allison under the bus right yeah, there. She did a good job. <laughs> You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. As Hammer said, we do have some exciting, uh, very exciting scientific. Uh, breakthrough to tell you about. It involves a vibrating pill for chronic constipation relief. We'll get to that oh. here in just a second. Uh, but first, uh, you heard me right, vibrating pill. And especially if you're a, a sufferer of chronic constipation, you're going to want to tune into this. You're going to want to stick around just a second. But first, this guy in Tulsa accidentally charged more than $4,000 for two cups of coffee at Starbucks. Oh, that must have been some damn good coffee. Employees say it happened because of a sticky button on the cash register. Oh, no. Uh, here is uh, Jesse, Jesse, Jesse Odell talking about being charged a huge amount for the order. It was $4,444.44. This is a real shock. We contacted their customer service helpline probably 30, 40 times that day. They assured us that they are sending new checks. But as of today, we still have not fully finished this situation. We still haven't received checks. They The, the checks they did receive, I, I did the follow-up on this, they, they bounced. And the family had to cancel their vacation because oh. of the money drain on their account. So Starbucks needs to compensate this family right away and then maybe send them to a resort in Mexico. 
Imagine the guy going home and having to tell his wife, I promise it was just for coffee. Yeah, $4,400 for coffee. Right. What did you really spend it on? What's her name? How many hookers have you been with in the past two days? I swear to God, it was just coffee. They're going to send us checks. Oh, sure. Like the one that bounced yesterday. You probably made that at work. Just, I'm not, I've never been a Starbucks uh, guy. You? No. Wife, I'm not a coffee guy, wife really. loves it, but I just, I don't like the, just the standard coffee and cream. It's, I'm not a, not a fan. It's just, it doesn't taste good to me. I get my caffeine via like Diet Mountain Dew, the nectar of the gods. Yeah. Um, we have an update here. Remember those hosts at Good Morning America, Amy Robach and TJ Holmes? Oh, they were lovers. The lovers. They were on screen. The lovers. <laughs> or was it? Peter Strzok yeah, and Lisa, Lisa Page. Page. The great lovers. <laughs> uh, this was Amy Robach and TJ Holmes. Yeah. They were fired from ABC after... Turns out they were bumping uglies, and that was frowned upon at ABC. They were on TV together. They shared a screen. They hosted the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but behind the scenes, they were hooking up, and they were uh, both married. I think one was getting separated or something like that. Going on vacations sure. together. It was a very public deal. Well, turns out they've got a new show. Amy Robach and TJ Holmes, morning television steamiest couple, are back. <laughs> Watch them every morning on Good Moanin' America. Yeah! Mm, Good Moanin' America. Only on OnlyFans. Okay, we're going to have to set the old DVR. Just in time for Valentine's <laughs> Day. I think that still would get better ratings than anything CNN's rolling out there no, in the I, mornings. I wonder if these two are still together. Like, hmm. especially after this public of a scandal, they could probably go south pretty quick for right. those that are involved. After you lose your job, you're probably looking at your side piece like, yeah. is this really worth it? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> but according to the New York Post, our guy TJ here, that wasn't his own his only side piece over at ABC. He was uh, doing a lot of work. Man, you would think after... Like, I'm so aware of stuff like that. Like, you would think after Matt Lauer. And, and I mean, a bunch of top guys in media are accused of this kind of thing. Like, I, I, don't, I don't even feel comfortable riding in the elevator with a woman at work. <laughs> like, if, I, if, I, if I'm going home and, you know, somebody from the seventh floor is on the elevator, I'll just look at her and go, I'll take the stairs. <laughs> Nigel has yet to speak to Allison since she's been named as our producer. Has not said one damn word to Allison since she's been named our producer. Yeah. I can't even look. I can't see her right now. All right, we've made people wait long enough. Oh, yes. We got some weird science. Ah, this is very exciting. This this pill for chronic constipation relief, it vibrates. I'm sorry, the pill does what? It's a vibrating chronic constant constipation pill <laughs> i almost said i almost said butt plug but that's uh no it's a it, <laughs> the hell's happening i, I you can't look at allison but you can say that <laughs> what's wrong with you turn, turn the volume in your headphones down allison please so people who struggle with the chronic constipation that, that's a real thing have a new this is like a drug-free option 
Uh, it's a pill that vibrates in the colon after it's swallowed that stimulates bowel movements. So you swallow the pill and it starts to vibrate. Yeah, and it no, jiggles the poop out. There's no. <laughs> I think you're really. I think you're really oversimplifying it a little bit, Hammer. I'm sorry. Um, the, the, it's called Vibrant, and it's take you take it every day. Is that a sponsor it, of Good Moaning America? <laughs> <laughs> Should be. Uh, it travels the same way food does, through the stomach, small intestines. After about 14 hours, you reach a large intestine, and then it starts vibrating. And, it, you know, you stimulate the cells in the gut, and it triggers muscle contractions. So here's a little preview, if you will, of how this bad boy works. Vibrant is not a laxative and works with your body's natural process. Simply swallow with a glass of water. Vibrant's unique drug-free approach uses gentle vibrations to stimulate the colon mechanically. The pre-programmed <laughs> timing of the mechanical stimulation is thought to improve the natural colonic mobility by leveraging the colon's biological clock. <laughs> the disposable capsule is expelled with natural bowel movements. Uh, that's a very clinical uh, term, stimulate the colon mechanically. I didn't hear poop jiggler in there. I just say, I mean, it's not covered by insurance. It's about uh, $70 a month for these vibrating pills. I just say, drink a warm sixer of PBR and scarf 20 bucks worth of Taco Bell. Boom! Boom! Dude, you'll be gushing. Works the exact same way. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Crime, punishment, judges... Legal stuff. Yeah. Hammer and Nigel show. Jason Hammer over there. I'm Nigel. So we, we've been talking about this story about the guy. Uh, New Year's Day woke up. Um, well, he he slept in his car in his grandma's driveway because he didn't want to wake her up. But uh, she looked out her driveway, called the police because she didn't know who it was. She couldn't tell who it was. So the police showed up, and the guy had a gun on his lap. It's a bad part of the neighborhood. And the the police were uh, tapping the window trying to get him to wake up. And he, they're basically saying he kind of made a move for the gun as he was sleeping and coming to and coming out. And they, they, I mean, it was dozens of times they shot the car, right? Yeah. Shot him a few times, right? He got hit with three shots and he's had some surgeries and his family is now suing city of Indianapolis and Hogshead and the police. So IMPD spoke to Richard Essex, Wish TV, uh, news gathering partner, about the uh, video that was released. It showed officers shooting the guy in his driveway, in his grandma's driveway, in a car. He said that IMPD is saying the man moved for his weapon. Here's Lieutenant Shane Foley telling Richard Essex of why the video was released and why more videos that exist have not been released. It's also important to provide context of what happened. Uh, the community group that we've worked with, a group of 50 individuals approximately, who have watched these videos and have advised IMPD on what they expect to see. And what we're trying to do is balance transparency with also protecting the rights of the individuals involved. Once the case has been disposed of, prosecutors made a determine about what determination about whether or not charges would be filed or not, uh, we don't see any reason why the entire video wouldn't be released. So these videos that get released, and now we're talking about the body cam video in this case, it has to go through a process at the police department, including some folks on a board. And the board is a mix of diverse people. It's some civilians at the very end that will ultimately decide what's going on here. But it's not just, you know friends of these police officers. It's a very diverse group that decides which videos get released 
and why they don't release everything. So if you saw that video, it really is tough to see. Yeah. Because it's dark, it's a black car, and you can't see whether or not he's reaching for his weapon or not. Although IMPD says that's what they say. They say they moved for his weapon, and that's right. when they begin to open fire. Uh, some more legal stuff from Indy. A federal judge has dismissed a family lawsuit in regards to the death of Chris Beatty during the riots here in Indianapolis. Uh, Chris Beatty was a very popular guy. He played football at IU, uh, was kind of Mr. Indianapolis. He was yeah. a marketing guy and did a lot of fun events. I had met him a number of times back when I was the promotions director here. Just a fun, positive guy, upbeat, always had a smile. He saw that a assault was taking place during one of the nights of the rob of the riots and he tried to intervene and help somebody and he was shot dead yeah they and, found the guys that shot him right and those people have been charged but Beatty's family had filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the city of indianapolis impd chief taylor uh the claim was that his death was the result of the defendant's actions and inactions during the riots of downtown indianapolis Long story short, the family says the city of Indianapolis didn't do enough to prevent the riots. And had they done their jobs, maybe Chris Beatty would still be alive today. Well, I don't see how. Look, I'm not sure about the lawsuit involving IMPD and the lawsuit. Certainly the city of Indianapolis could be culpable. It sucks for the Beatty family. I mean, I think they deserve some conversation, some compensation. Boss Hogg said could have done more to prevent these riots and actually um, is said to have hindered efforts of IMPD to get more officers down here. Instead, they let them march. Instead, they let them go crazy. And our mayor wasn't even down here. Yeah. Wherever he was at, in whatever condition he was at, uh, they basically gave the all systems go for the rioters to just do what they want. You know, we've spoken to multiple police officers, and the story they tell us is to stand back. Those were their orders. And that's disgusting. And when you have that type of leadership or the lack thereof, things like this happen. If I were Chris Beatty's family, I'd be absolutely floored and disappointed that this decision came down from the federal judge, because I do think the leadership of Indianapolis is responsible for what took place those two nights. More legal stuff from the state of Indiana. Dateline, Porter County, Indiana. Porter County? A woman in northwest Indiana was arrested after allegedly pulling a man's penis in a violent manner I, i'm sorry what I, th- you get arrested for that some people pay big money for that <laughs> this is oh, from the goodness. police reports just before 7 15 p.m the other night police responded to the 700 block of dearborn road located in portage township on a battery report upon arrival Police met with the person who made a phone call to the police, a 26-year-old Valparaiso man who stated that he was in a verbal disagreement with Zafni Pennywell while they were in the kitchen. <laughs> that sounds like a uh, James Bond spy. What was Zafni the name? Zafni Pennywell. <laughs> the man told the authorities that Pennywell chased him, grabbed him by the shirt, and then grabbed him by the penis in a quote violent manner the police report states that pennywell allegedly and i'm using their words 
would not let go and began to pull. Was the, was the guy, was he wearing clothes? Hopefully he had the, or was he naked? A roommate provided police video footage of the entire incident, and in it, police said that it showed Pennywell charging the man, grabbing him by the groin, and she has been taken into custody. Old Poland Pennywell. Poland Pennywell. What are you laughing at, Allison? You, you ever been to Northwest Indiana, Allison? Sounds like a fun time for female. <laughs> well, you guys are in that's, luck. That's awkward. Wow. I pulled some strings. I made some phone calls. And I actually have audio of the incident. Would oh, you like to hear it? Yeah. Hey, hold still, man. She's coming for it. Here she comes. She's almost got it. She's almost got it. She's got it. Okay, I'm now being told that was actually the movie Porky's. That's that's the movie Porky's, not the... Who was the lady in that one? Beulah Ballbricker. <laughs> Who are you more scared of, Beulah Ballbricker or Zaphne Pennywell? <laughs> Boy, that's a toss-up right there. Uh, I think Pennywell, old po- <laughs> Poland Pennywell. I'm not, uh, I'm not going anywhere near that. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Show on WIBC. Oh, can I say a happy birthday to somebody real quick? Friend Please. of the, friend of our show, a friend of uh, my wife and I, uh, a friend of my wife's parents. Uh, she is the owner of Boathouse Grill over there on the west side, uh, 56 High School Road. Used to be when I lived on that side of town. That was my that was my spot. Still go there. I haven't been there for a while, but uh, Joy, the owner, the proprietor, turning 50. Joy. Today. Happy birthday, joyful! We love you. We love the we love the restaurant, and this this place has a special, you know, spot in my heart because the Hammer and Nigel show, if you recall, was born at Boathouse Grill. It was the we first had a big meeting. You and I and BS had a had our very first meeting to put together a, a sort of podcast there. Uh, we didn't end up doing the podcast from there, but that's where we had. The meeting. I'm not. Uh, by the way, I'm not. T- some people get it confused with um, uh, the boatyard over there, uh, looking across Eagle Creek. That's not it. Boat uh, Boathouse Grill over there, 56 in high school, like the, you know, near the near the Colts complex. Right. So, uh, took my first shot of Fireball there Ooh. when they opened up in 2006. Food is really good there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I would recommend the chicken wrap or the uh, club. Very good stuff. So happy birthday to Joy turning 50 today. We got some uh, updates on the Pacers. Today was NBA trade deadline day, and the Pacers have made some moves here. Uh, George Hill coming back to the Pacers. Wow. IUPUI product. Yeah, hometown guy. Broad Ripple. He was on the Pacers a number of years ago. He is coming back. Uh, the Bucks have traded him to the Pacers along with a second-round draft choice. The Pacers, all they had to do was just give the Bucks some cash, buy out his contract, and now he's on the Pacers. Also, Pacers are acquiring big man Serge Ibaka from the Bucks. This was a different deal. Uh, they've got him, another player, and two more second-round picks coming to the Pacers. Is anybody leaving? Are they trade anybody? Are they cut anybody? Pacers didn't trade anybody, but it sounds like they're going to release... Former first-round pick Goga Bataze, 
another First player <laughs> named Terry. Taylor's going to be released. They're going to have to release, I think, one more player to make room for everybody. But the Goga era in Indianapolis seems like it's ran its course. The, uh, the, they're on a hell of a losing streak, aren't they? They've lost 13 out of the last 15, I believe. Eey. Now, 11 of those games, Tyrese Halliburton was out injured. And I think they only won one game without him. Um, but yeah, it's been a rough stretch. Still, they hit the over on wins that, uh, you know, at the beginning of the season, the over under was like, what, 23, 23 and a half. And they were the first team in the league to cash a ticket on their team total. But without Halliburton, I think you see why odds makers thought this could be a long year, but he's healthy now. They've made a few moves and trying to set themselves up for the offseason. Of course, the biggest trade of trade deadline day came in the early hours when Kevin Durant was traded from Brooklyn to the Phoenix Suns. He's getting a little long in the tooth, isn't he? It's getting up there, but he's still a bad dude, and the Suns are here tomorrow. Now, I don't know if Kevin Durant will be you know, cleared to play by then. He's got to go through all the process and all that kind of stuff, but who knows? Stranger things have happened. Suns in town tomorrow to take on the Indiana Pacers. Uh, Allison, can I please get some mood music? Name this artist. New hit country. Name this artist. I I have no idea. Oh, come Uh, on. We've played it a million times when we each worked at the Bear. Is it... uh... Sarah Evans? I don't know. Close. Martina McBride. Okay. Martina yeah, no, McBride. I wouldn't have got that. Valentine's Day right around the corner, and according to a new report, Americans plan to spend nearly $26 billion <laughs> this Valentine's Day. What a scam. <laughs> wow. $26 billion. $6 billion. You this... could build like 18 southern border walls with that money. <laughs> right? Uh, this is from a survey from the National Retail Federation. They say, on average, most people say they're going to spend about $192. That's up from $175 just last year. My wife would be pissed at me if I spent that money. Same here. On her, on anybody for Valentine's Day. Her and I don't do anything for each other. It's mainly a kid's thing. Right. Uh, yeah, I've never, I think I'd probably, I'm going to send my daughter flowers, I think, for Valentine's Day. So I might throw, you know, I'm, that money might be part of the $26 billion. Uh, so for my daughter, but you guys, you, you got sons. Yeah. You guys aren't doing anything for Valentine's Day. No, it's going to be a regular night in the Hammer House. And this whole Valentine's thing is a racket. And this is coming from a guy that's been married almost 20 years. The coupon lady will tell you, this thing is a racket. It's a Hallmark holiday. And don't even get me started on its spinoff. It's Bastard Offspring's Sweetest Day. Oh, my God. Oh, don't give me. Yeah, that's awful. Sweetest day. That's the dumbest thing I've ever and heard. And if you have, are you in a relationship with a woman that gets mad at you because you don't celebrate Sweetest Day or you don't send her a card or take her out to dinner on Sweetest Day, much less Valentine's Day, get out fast. Run. Run. Uh, the interesting thing about this report from the National Retail Federation, it's not just your lover that people are spending money on people are also spending money on co-workers friends and pets so allison i ask you you just became our producer i don't have a great relationship with you but if i came in and i brought you like chocolates (laughs) and and weird things like that would that be weird 
Um, I feel like from a coworker, absolutely. <laughs> okay, that, that's a seventh floor HR conversation, probably. Because the National Retail <laughs> Federation says that people are spending money on coworkers for Valentine's Day. Now I could see so uh, chicks on the right. Mock used to work here, and she loved Valentine's Day. So I could oh, see yeah. someone like Mock coming in and giving everyone her like, poor husband Valentine's and all that. <laughs> he should have left a long time ago. <laughs> should have got out a long time ago. Now it's too late. I You're think stuck. some people just like like Valentine's Day and giving stuff out, but. So you would take us to HR if we came in and brought you lingerie. That's what you're telling. I think so. Yeah, I think so. What about flowers? No, flowers would be All nice. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. We're not I'm doing not, that. No, I'm not well, expecting. No, no, no. Let me write this down. Flowers, okay. Crotchless panties, bad. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Allison. We're all better off for knowing this. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a very special guest on the drive, Hubler.com hotline. House Bill 1177. This is a bill that would create a gun training program for teachers. The man behind it is Representative Jim Lucas. Representative Lucas, welcome back. How are you? Hey, Jim. Hey, guys. I'm doing great. Thank you. So tell me about House Bill 1177. It's a simple bill. Of course, they all are. Um, it's. I've been trying to get this bill through for years. I actually got it through to the finish line in 2019, but there were some things that just got added on to it. I didn't like it, so I killed it and been trying ever since. And now uh, just seems to be the right time, the right place. And we got a hearing yesterday. We got it out of committee 9 to 4, and I look forward to getting it across the finish line this year. So this is a bill that would create a training program for teachers to learn how to use firearms. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, this is not a mandatory thing. This isn't being forced upon teachers. This is for those teachers who wish to learn, correct? Correct. And that's the best, one of the great things about it is under current Indiana law, any school corporation can determine their own carry policy on their grounds. So if you get a school corporation that says, hey, we recognize the Second Amendment and constitutional right to keep and bear arms. If you're not a prohibited person to carry, you can carry on school property. But we're not seeing that. And after what we just saw recently at Uvalde was just horrible. I mean, you had almost 400 police officers stood around for almost an hour and a half, um, dozens of them heavily armed in the hallways while the, the shooter was actually inside still you know, carrying out his awful deeds, and they did nothing. And, you know, this is a tool, just another tool in the toolbox. It's completely voluntary. The school corporation has to want to do it. The teachers have to volunteer. They have to pass a psychological evaluation. And then this is a specifically designed program designed, I mean, just for an active shooter situation in in a school shooting scenario. You know, it's not like the cops, they're trained to deal with, with all kinds of of incidents and issues on the street. This is just a one-time thing. And I, I'm not asking teachers to be a SWAT team, you know, nothing like that. You don't have to go on the offense. But as we've seen in these school shootings, once a shooter makes its way, makes their way into a school, everybody's sitting ducks. And it, Representative I, I Jim Lucas with us. Now, what's been the response from the Indiana Teachers Association with this? They were actually neutral on this bill, which was a very pleasant surprise, because I think they're starting to wake up and see, you know, uh, we had that 
shooting down in Parkland, Florida, a couple of years ago, and school resource officer there waited outside. You know, he, like the coward that he was, he ran. And then after, when, once they did the investigation and finished up, the sheriff of that county, who led the investigation, he did a complete 180, guys. I mean, he flipped and went from being against teachers being trained and armed to being one of the biggest supporters because at Parkland, the shooter in there actually stopped and reloaded five different times. Now, there, there's five opportunities right there to take the bad guy out, you know, and that was missed. And, again, moving on to Evaldi, I mean, that was just breakdown after breakdown after breakdown that sadly it cost lives. What uh, kind of pushback are you getting on this? Uh, we're speaking with uh, Representative Jim Lucas about uh, HB 1177 would create uh, a gun training program for teachers here. Um, I'm sure you're getting some pushback. I am, and which that's the way it's going to be all the time whenever you discuss guns. And there are people out there that you cannot reason with them. You can show them the facts, you know, hey, here's what's happened. Here's what we want to do. We want to make sure that these people are properly trained, you know, weapon retention, a lot of range time, uh, specific scenario training. But you're just not going to change their minds. And, you know, this is not a, a perfect you know, save everything, nothing bad's ever going to happen situation because it just, that's not life. You know, sometimes life just sucks. You have to deal with it. But the thing is, I want my teachers and staff to be able to, one, defend themselves and the students, you know, if that opportunity arises. But more importantly, be able to go home to their loved ones at night instead of being a defenseless, unarmed sitting duck in a classroom when somebody breaks through with a firearm. I will say, let me play devil's advocate real quick. And, and, no, I'm f- and I'm totally for this, Bill, but you called the Parkland resource officer a, a coward. Like if a resource officer who's constantly trained, this is his job to protect people, and um, in, 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 in he doesn't come through, if a you know the math teacher all of a sudden has to do the job of a police officer that's trained in this kind of thing, I, I don't know. You, you would just hope the teacher would have enough wherewithal to complete the task. You know what I'm saying? To to um, engage. You know, but I, to engage. Yes, actually, great word. Thank you for saving me there, Hammer. To engage because if if poli- if there's police officers that were at fault in Uvalde and Parkland that, that were too scared to engage, then you know what's a teacher going to do? What a, what a perfect segue into what I wanted to say. I mean, we have a perfect example of that at Greenwood Mall last year. You know, when yeah. the shooter came out of the bathroom, instantly killed three people, one to two other, and then, you know, Eli Dickens, within 15 seconds, engaged and neutralized the deadly threat. And countless lives were saved there because um, that, that shooter there had well over 100 rounds on mm-hmm. him. And so we saw that. Uh, And again, guys, this is no guarantee, but to your point, what you just brought up there is perfect because after the Parkland shooting, the school was sued by several parents and students, and a federal court ruled that police do not have a duty to protect us. So where does the money come from, Jim? Where does the money that's going to train these teachers come from? Because as much as I would like to think whoever doing the training is going to do this out of the kindness out of their heart for free, I don't believe that's going to be the case. Uh, and that's a beautiful thing too. It's we have an existing school safety fund, so we're not we're not increasing any tax dollars. The money's already there. The average cost of a school resource officer in the state of Indiana is about sixty five thousand dollars a year, 
Well, you take that 65,000, you could train about 40 staff members. So you've just multiplied your deterrent factor by a factor of 40. Is this designed to replace those school resource officers? Uh, no, I've got school resource officers have their duty, but we, we have to be mindful of taxpayer dollars. You know, we keep adding more and more positions into a school that just takes up more and more dollars. But, you know, the, the foundation of a school resource officer initially was for school safety. So if that's what we're dealing with here, let's maximize those dollars and get, you know, take it from one person to 40 people that are specifically trained for that specific type scenario. And guys, I mentioned earlier, you know, we had a federal court rule that police do not have a duty to protect. Now, that's children as they're being slaughtered. Mm. Um, our Supreme Court has already ruled in 2005, Gonzalez versus Castle Rock, that police do not have a duty to protect. And I encourage everybody to go research this. Those are the facts. There are teachers currently in the state of Indiana, and I think you brought this up at the beginning of the conversation, there are teachers and districts in this state that do carry, uh, correct? Yes. Do we have any yes, idea uh, like what the numbers are on that? Like how many teachers volunteer to do something like that right now? Well, see, that's a beautiful part. Nobody knows. Nobody should know. And I, that is that alone right there is an incredible deterrent because school shooters, I mean, they're cowards. They want to make a name for themselves, but they go into a gun-free zone. And I want to remind everybody, gun-free zones are merely areas where people that obey gun laws are made easy victims for people that don't obey gun laws. And these people, the shooters know that. So they know they're going into a, a soft target situation. Chances are they're not going to be confronted by anybody. And so that's how they are able to, you know, rack up the horrible numbers that they are. But with this, the school corporation could tap into that fund that already exists and get as many qualified, armed, and trained teachers out there. And that should act as a good deterrent. And advertise it. Say, hey, this school is not a gun-free zone. We will fight back. Jim, last thing before we let you go. Any ideas what you're going to get Rob Kendall for Valentine's Day this year? <laughs> well, that's the secret. I'm whittling down the list right now. I, I, I started off probably a dozen things, and I'm working down because I want to know how special he is to me. So it has to be a special gift. Yeah, people All don't right. know you guys are Euchre partners, actually. You you travel the Midwest as Euchre partners and just hustle people, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're something, all right. Representative Jim Lucas, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you. Emma and Nigel presents Is It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? I'm going to run some stories by you. You weigh out the pros and the cons, then you give us a verdict. Is the story anything or not? Okay. Is this anything? A woman had a friend record her very first polar plunge. <sighs> That's when you jump into like icy cold pools or lakes or something like that. Uh, let's see how it turned out. Oh, sounds terrifying. Oh, my gosh. This is not like a little teenage girl. This is a full-grown woman. Right. Uh, yeah, that's something. She sounded awful. That sounded awful. 
she she did not like that experience one bit. I think we got asked, didn't we get asked, or maybe I got asked, they do it for charity sometimes. Right. Um, like, they think they do it over at Eagle Creek, and I was like, no way in hell. I will write a check however much you want. I, don't make me feel bad about it, but yeah, cold water ain't my thing, even if it's just for a few minutes. She... I mean, she sounded traumatized. I didn't think, I thought she was going to be screaming hysterically or just, maybe she was, but I mean, she was crying. Which Uh, brings us to a new segment here on the Hammer and Nigel show. Great moments in cold water (laughs) history. Who could forget the time that Christy Brinkley was in the pool awaiting Clark Griswold? Well, are you going to go for it? Uh, here? For starters, sure. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. Clark, hold! <laughs> <laughs> Clark? Hold! <laughs> I haven't seen that movie forever. The original Wally yeah. World Vacation. How old is... Didn't you just send me something with Christy Brinkley on it? She's like 70, isn't she? Or Not quite there. 60s? She's in her 60s. Man, she still looks great. And her daughter's a model now, too. Of course. Great moments in cold water history. (laughs) George Costanza. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I thought this was the baby's room. I'm really sorry. (laughs) I was in the pool! I was in the pool! Shrinkage. Great moments in cold water (laughs) history. Is this anything? Here's an animal rescue that got a little bit out of hand. A raccoon was stuck between pallets at a hardware store. Animal protection officers were able to free it, but then it got loose and led them on this crazy chase up and down the (laughs) aisles of the store before they were able to capture it. For your own good. He's making a run for it. Good work. I I love just the sound of humans chasing wild animals in general. (laughs) And it's always the same thing. No, 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 no. Get, get. No, 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 no. There he is. There he is. No, no. It always sounds the same, whether it's, you know, shooing away a bear or trying to catch a wild raccoon in a a store. I I love it. Have you ever had the experience of coming face to face with a uh, raccoon? Not like face to face. I haven't like tried to hug it like Buddy the Elf. No. <laughs> right. When we get uh, uh, our our first our house remodeled a little bit a couple of years ago, uh, they had to put a big dumpster, a big like giant dumpster in our driveway to put out you know for the demo. And uh, my kid climbed up in there one day just to look in and see what was in it. And he goes, Dad, there's a raccoon in there. And I go, There's not a raccoon in there, whatever. And I peek over, and he looked up at me like he wanted to just jump at me you know just give you the just, big hiss yeah and i'm like how the hell are we gonna get this thing out? how am i supposed to get out of there because he, he couldn't climb out because it was empty right i so how what do you I, get in what i did well he was able to climb up the side there's okay you know, the, the, um so what i did was put a giant uh a, you know like a, a six foot long two by four sticking out from the like one of the you know the, the contractors had headed out there and and uh, so it was kind of leaning in the um, dumpster and sticking out, and I f- sure as hell climbed right out. Really? Yeah, he climbed up up the two by four and out and just ran outside in my backyard. That's actually a very brilliant move on your behalf. 
I'm yeah. actually surprised. Well, I had somewhat of a buzz when I did it. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was able to do that with, uh, with the numbing of the fear. Well, you're telling me that you like people chasing animals. I like the sound of it. It's just funny. Hey, no, 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 no. Oh, ah, yeah. Dateline, Virginia. A deer in Virginia was caught on camera running across a highway, nearly missing multiple vehicles, but luckily never got hit. Here are some animal protection police who are trying to rescue the deer. Yep. Oh, no. oh my God. How did that happen? Deer! Oh, deer! deer! Oh, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. Oh! <laughs> Oh, that's the sound. Great moments in humans chasing animals history. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. The Hammer and Nigel Show. 93 WIPC. Hey, my name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Newly elected Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman. Uh, guy that had a stroke during his campaign last year was hospitalized after feeling a little lightheaded while attending some Democratic retreat. He is okay. Went to George Washington University Hospital. Did not show ev- any uh, evidence of a new stroke. So we are glad that uh, the senator is feeling fine and okay. I'm glad he's going to be uh, good. I-, I am still stunned. I will say I am stunned that the state of Pennsylvania elected him as senator. I, I-, I just truly, you know, his you know his cognitive abilities were truly, I, I think, hindered. Um, during his campaign because of that stroke. And, uh, you know, I don't know if there's um, a message, uh, something to be learned, like, you know, can he still perform the job with his cognitive abilities um, at risk after having that stroke? I mean, we've played a million clips of Fetterman. He opened up a debate by saying, hello, good night, everybody. Yeah. And he was elected. So, So the question is, can he still perform the task at hand, even though he has had some serious after effects from that stroke and i i just it he did not perform well and of course he's very very left-leaning liberal um and people talk about the quality of candidates right that's what we talked about the problem with the republicans was the quality of candidates well was it a problem for republicans because fetterman got elected right and i don't think that was a quality candidate well, his opponent wasn't from Pennsylvania. Dr. And the Oz. people in Pennsylvania are a proud group. I will give them that. And when they see somebody that they view as a carpetbagger yeah. trying to come in and slide into their Senate seat, they would rather clearly put Frankenstein through than have that guy in. The Eagles! I'm going to say it every time I'm watching the football game this Sunday. Because of Fetterman, that's why I'm rooting for the Chiefs. <laughs> because the people of Pennsylvania gave us a stroke patient for a senator, I'm rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't care about either team, but this guy clearly does not have his fastball. Had, yeah, exactly. Trouble speaking, trouble comprehending, and I just want to know if he's you know, fully there, fully aware, fully, if I was, you know, a resident of the state of Pennsylvania, I would be still concerned about that, especially after having what happened today, feeling lightheaded. I tell you what, every time I wake up and I feel lightheaded, I'd be in the hospital every day. 
Well, his staff Especially told if, us he was fine. They said yeah, there's fine. nothing to be concerned about with Fetterman. He's going to be great. He's going to be a great senator. Nothing to be concerned about. We're a couple months in, and he's already going to the hospital. Now, you can tell me this isn't stroke-related all you want. That's fine. But the fact of the matter is, I don't see many other senators that have a history of stroke going to the hospital already. And the people of Pennsylvania should be ashamed of themselves for putting him through this. And more than anything else, his wife, his power hungry wife should absolutely be embarrassed for putting your husband through this same thing with the good doctor dr jill why are you putting your husband through this clearly he's not all there but you're so power hungry you want to keep allowing it to happen because it puts you in the spotlight like nigel if you were in that position would your wife let you keep going out there and embarrassing yourself no, and saying hello no. good night I mean, everybody just, just some really bad cringeworthy moments where you felt i felt bad for him i mean i do feel bad for him um and now my wife would not let me go out and, and you know the physical uh acumen it takes to do this job to travel to speak on a you know uh, constant appearances in in town halls and public speaking, and and really, I mean, he's one of the most one hundred powerful people in the United States, and and he's an was, idiot. I'm sorry. The fact of the matter his is, policies suck. Yeah. His policies yeah. are ridiculous, and he's not all there. But the people of Pennsylvania voted him through. So I hope Kansas City wins that game by forty. <laughs> Zelensky, he's asking for planes again, Nige. And hell, at this point, can you blame the guy? He usually gets what he asks for. Eventually. He eventually gets what he wants. Uh, Zelensky made an appearance at the European Parliament. This was earlier today. And he addressed the parliament in Brussels saying that Europe was Ukraine's home. And maybe, just maybe, you could find it in your heart to give us, oh, I don't know, some more guns, some more ammo, some modern tanks, long-range missiles, and, mo- and modern-day fighter jets. But that would be great. I mean, this dude's got a set of you-know-what's on him the size of a truck because he keeps asking for major well, parts of war. Yeah, I mean, he's the president of Ukraine. He's going to do what's in the best interest of, of his country. And I don't blame him for asking. Um, I, I really question... I mean, there's got to be a line drawn in the sand in terms of what the United States is willing to spend and what kind of weapons we're willing to send over there and the signals that it sends to Russia. I mean, we're basically in a proxy war with Russia right now. We're sending over tanks to Ukraine. Uh, he's been sent missiles. Um, he's Everything that he's asked for initially has been told no, and then they end up doing it anyway. So it wouldn't be surprising. Now, I don't know how... I don't know who's going to fly... You know, F-16s or these, these what do they call them, the Raptors? Um, I, it takes months and months and months of learning and training. And for these tanks going over there, um, it, it won't be for a while. It'll be months before Ukraine gets those tanks. There's training that's involved. They don't have any uh, repair centers for those tanks or any facilities set up for uh, maintenance. And it's, but he's still got them. He's going to get them eventually. A couple months ago, we noticed that a lot of the things that the United States was giving Ukraine ended up in the black market. Now, I don't know how to get on the dark web, but people were sending us screenshots of 
things that the United States has sent Ukraine that ended up on the dark web on the black market. Now, that's a little problematic for me because this is our money. Our tax dollars are going to Ukraine to, quote, help humanity and fight this, quote, evil war. All right, that's fine. But use it to fight the war. Don't sell it to make money. At this point, Zelensky's just fundraising. He wants his entire country's budget funded by European and countries and the United and States. And there's no oversight of where our money is going. I don't know about other countries, but there's no there's no oversight. So when they, they pass, you know, they vote on these things, I, I believe, was it Paul Ryan that tried to put something in one of these bills, these packages that said, no, we need like an oversight committee to, to understand where this money is going. And there's, just no, there's no accountability whatsoever. Yeah, man. You're going to tell me that we don't have, you know, money for our border and a wall and some sort of protection down exactly. at the southern border. That's fine. But you've got all this money to give to Ukraine. And the thing that drives me nuts is anytime we talk about how we'd rather have that money here in the United States, all these people with the Ukraine flag in their Twitter bio and 85 different flags and none of them are the American flag come at us. Well, you're, you must be rooting for Putin then if you Russian don't want propaganda. Zelensky to have this. No, not at all. Honestly, I hope... Vladimir Putin dies tomorrow. I really do. Why wait till tomorrow? <laughs> right. And the next five minutes would be great with me, too. I'm just saying I'd rather have our money stay in this country because we have problems. We have issues. And if you don't want to put it toward a border wall or something else, build some crisis centers for fentanyl. Build some homeless shelters for major cities. Do something for this country with all the money you're sending Ukraine. You can still give money for humanitarian purposes. Okay, fine. But stop going over the top with it. Stop giving tanks. Don't give any planes. Stop this crap. Uh, Kamala Harris, she was asked about all the booing at the State of the Union address. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Get back up. Are you sure you're pronouncing her first name correctly? Oh, um, I believe it was Kamala. I think you said Kamala. Oh, no, I, Joe I, Biden says that. Uh, okay, sorry. Just Joe Biden sure. we don't says wanna, that. We don't want to offend anybody, because if you mispronounce her name, it's racist. <laughs> uh, she was talking about the jeers and the booing and the heckling that took place during the State of the Union address. She called it theatrics. And this is my favorite part. It she was. spoke to the New York Times. She argued that President Biden's record of bipartisanship speaks for itself mm, okay here's an example of president biden's bipartisanship Anger republicans have made their choice they embrace anger they thrive on chaos they live not in the light of truth but in the shadow of lies trump and the extreme MAGA republicans have made their choice to go backwards full of anger violence hate and division what are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political ex organization that's existed in American history. The great unifier, Joe Biden. Yeah, right so there. if you voted for Trump, you are um, you're a threat to democracy. And by the way, I thought it was kind of scummy how he kind of tried to tie January 6th, State of the Union address, he tried to tie uh, January 6th and turn it around and compared that to uh, what happened to Paul Pelosi.
And then he's had Paul Pelosi stand up and everybody give him a big round of applause. The guy that like beat up some, Paul Pelosi in his yeah. underpants in a cocktail, which is weird in itself, was some complete lunatic who had BLM stuff and yeah. lived in a school bus and but trying to trying to uh, attach January sixth to that. Exactly, it's it's ridiculous. I think what we all need right now, a little moment of clarity, is some very important words and an intelligent speech by Kamala Harris. And I think to kind of bring America together, I want everybody to take a drink every time Kamala says the word significance. Talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs. And there is such great significance to the passage of time when we think about a day in the life of our children. Everyone in this room is now drunk and dumber for having listened to them. hyped up. I got a I got a monster. <laughs> I'm like shaking now. I'm like I'm like amped up. You don't play a drinking game with a monster energy drink. No. When you're doing that with Kamala Harris. No, no, no. You're ready to go off the rails now. <laughs> you're ready to go full Rob Kendall. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel show on 93 WIBC. It's National Pizza Day. Hey! Oh Woo! man. Uh, right now, our go-tos are uh, on the on the chain level. Papa John's. The kids are loving the stuffed crust right now. Cheesy stuffed crust. But uh, locally, Zionsville Pizzeria can't go wrong. Uh, maybe Greeks uh, down in the village. But what I love a guys? good pizza, man. There's, it's hard to screw pizza up. Like some places are better than others, but even uh, something that you wouldn't consider the best in the world, still pretty good. I love pizza, and in honor of National Pizza Day, we have great moments in pizza history. This is when a woman was ordering a pizza, but doing an impression impression of Shakira while doing it. Hey, thanks for calling Domino's. Is this for pickup or delivery? I want a pizza! <laughs> and you got um, Ma'am, I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? I didn't quite understand it. I'm sorry. That's okay, I said I want a pizza, <laughs> and I want a delivery. More toppings? I just want jalapeno, <laughs> medium size. Jalapenos, medium size pizza, anything else I can get you? No, 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 no. <laughs> can I get the address? Tell them to send it to Shakira, Shakira. <laughs> Is this actually Shakira? Are you serious? Yeah, I told you twice I want a pizza slice. Can you get it to me, boy? <laughs> she sounded like, pretty good. Like if, if it, like if it was Shakira ordering a pizza, she'd actually be singing it to wherever, whenever. <laughs> Is it really Shakira? <laughs> <laughs> Great moments in pizza history. Uh, wow. This is a uh, Hammer and Nigel show favorite. That's it. It's when the guy broke into Pizza Hut <laughs> oh, no. and told everybody he was Jesus Christ. High point nine one. What is your emergency? Yes, this is Jesus Christ, and I just broke into the Pizza Hut. I broke the window, and I'm here. Jesus is here now. He's back. He's back to earth. All right. And uh, <laughs> you don't work there? No, I just broke in. Had a pizza. I'm Jesus. And what was your name again? My name is Jesus. <laughs> What's your last name, Jesus? Christ. Okay. And what do you look like? I look like Jesus. What else do I supposed to look like? Why, why'd you do that? 
Because I'm Jesus, I can do whatever I want. We're tired of Judas's on this earth. We're going to clean this earth up. Yeah. So what are you up to? Man, where do you live at? It's making I don't. Talk. I'm from heaven. How'd you get over over to the Pizza Hut? I'm from heaven, sir. Okay. And did you break a front window? Yeah, I broke the door window, sir. And did you eat a pizza? Yeah. Had a Mountain Dew. Great moments in pizza history. Happy Pizza Day, everybody. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Why is he in trouble? Did he get some some controversy here? James Carville, longtime Democrat strategist, nicknamed the Raging Cajun. He did an interview with MSNBC last night, and he was asked about the booing from the Republicans during the State of the Union, and specifically Marjorie Taylor Greene and... Well, the peaceful, tolerant left called her white trash. Well, uh, you know, I told people I have a clue of a Ph.D. in white trashology, and you saw real white trash on display. Mm. And let me say something about Congressman Marjorie Taylor Greene. She dresses like white trash. She really needs a fashion consultant. Can I recommend George Santos? The Raging Cajun <laughs> on Marjorie Taylor Greene. How do you feel about that? I mean, I guess I mean, it made me laugh. You don't seem too amused by it. Well, I'm just thinking if it were the other way around. It, it, if it's, Marjorie it's Taylor Greene called somebody on the political left white trash, she would be on every single newscast right now in this country. I, I got news for you. She already is for that reason. She loves it. She loves the attention. She loves it. You know, she was screaming, liar, liar, liar. Didn't she bring a, a white balloon with her? She arrived with a Union? big, giant white <laughs> balloon to the State of the they Union address. Her, they wouldn't let her bring it in? <laughs> That is so funny. No, I mean, she's a flamethrower. She's a polarizing figure. She's like uh, Trump personified in a you know a female body. Uh, it just feels like know, it's a little bit about race here. And for the political left, the, quote, peaceful, tolerant left, for them to go out of their way to bring race up, narrator, which they do all the time, just seems like something that uh, is a little... What, what are you talking about upon. race? I'm sorry. What? White trash? Oh, white trash? How oh. is that not a racial Oh, slam? I see what you're saying there. And the other thing is, I think effectively by calling her white trash and insulting her like that, you're, that's, you're saying the people that voted for her are white trash. Just the same as Joe Biden calling it Trump or, or, I'm sorry, you know, anybody, you know, MAGA extremists. Um, domestic threats, domestic terrorists, anybody that voted for Trump, you're a MAGA extremist. You're considered an extremist. Even though you may have voted for Obama uh, w- once or twice, you are considered a, a considered an extremist. So, yeah, no, you make a good point, actually. That's a, that's a really good point. So yesterday, conservative commentator Matt Walsh. Now, you know who this guy is, right? The Daily uh, Wire. His main shtick is he yeah. goes around and he asks people, what's a woman? Like I think he was in Indianapolis. He, he made it. It was a doc- documentary. I'd like. I actually like to see it. Yeah. And he spoke at a uh, hearing in the Tennessee State House. He was asked to come in and testify in this committee hearing about a bill that he's supporting that would get rid of what he calls child mutilation. So if you're yeah, under tra- the age of 18... Transgender surgery, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't I mean, make the call of whether you want to chop off your stuff and make yeah. the transition. So this is a little bit of the back and forth that Matt Walsh had with the folks at the Tennessee legislature. 
Can you give us a summary of your educational background or your healthcare education experience? Mr. Walsh, you recognized? My experience in healthcare? Your educational background. I'm just curious. You, 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 you've yeah. testified as to a lot of your own research, so I'm curious for what purpose you do that and what background you have to qualify you to speak to that. Well, my background that qualifies me to speak to this is that I'm a human being with a brain and common sense, <laughs> and I have a soul. And so, therefore, I think it's a really bad idea to chemically castrate children. That is my experience. Um, also, I, I did, now it's true, I didn't, I didn't go to college, but I did go to school long enough to learn how to read so I can read the data for myself, and that's exactly what I've done. <laughs> so at this point, these Tennessee lawmakers oh are kind of looking around the room, and it's mainly Democrats now that are grilling him. Let's hear a little bit more. And for what purpose do you um, conduct your research and use this brain of yours? Mr. Walsh, you're recognized. I use it for the purpose of trying to protect children from being castrated and mutilated. That's one of the things I try to do. You don't use it to get clicks on your publication? Well, are you using it right now to try to get clicks with this interaction? I, I really like the Mr. idea Walsh. of getting uh, of, of drawing attention to the fact that this is happening to children. I know you seem to find it very amusing. I don't. Oh, man, he's roasting these Democratic doofuses that love the idea of uh, underage transgender surgery. And this goes on for a couple minutes, and this last clip I'm going to play for you. It's okay. a little bit longer. It's All about right. a minute and 15 seconds okay. here, but it's worth no, every I'm bit of this. it. This is great. This is when they tried to use uh, Matt Walsh's own words against him, because in the past, he's claimed that when you're 16 years old, you know the difference between right and wrong, blah, 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 blah. You know a lot of things at the age of 16. Matt Walsh has said that on a radio show he was a host of a number of years ago, and they brought that back out, and they tried to use it against him. Um, so I'm curious if 16 is uh, a uh, an adult, in your view. Uh, why does this bill have uh, the uh, minor de defined as 18? Yeah, that's, that's a hit piece you took from Media Matters, uh, from something when I was a, a radio host, uh, 13, 14 years ago, my early 20s. Uh, it's also not an accurate reflection of what I actually said. Um, I was talking about uh, the fact that people tended to marry young historically, and that's all that that was about. Um, how does that relate to, the, to this subject? Just curious of your definition of, of if you feel like people are adults at 16 should well, uh, people are adults is. at 18 uh but actually their your your brain is not fully developed until you're 25 <laughs> so we should be having a conversation about whether we should even be doing these surgeries to people at 18 but certainly before 18 it's it's absurd i mean do you do you do you think that a 16 year old can meaningfully consent to having their body parts removed do, do you no we do not. Yeah, we ask the questions. It's not. It's. Uh, okay. Representative Hammer, you are recognized. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he just. I mean, burnt that guy down. It went in flames. Oh well, uh, we're asking the questions here, not you. Uh, that is so funny. And what a bunch of weasels on that committee there in Tennessee. I mean, what do you think? Like, the guy couldn't answer the question. Left him stunned in silence. Like, there was a good six, seven seconds there. <laughs> that was 
where they were just looking around the room like, somebody ring a bell and save me here. <laughs> Saved by the bell. Where's throw, a bell at? Throw the damn towel! <laughs> <laughs> you needed Apollo Creed's manager in there just to barge into the courtroom. Throw the towel! Throw the damn towel! Oh, my God. That was classic. I'm glad we played that whole thing. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is in here with a very special in-studio guest. Guess who's back? Back again. <laughs> Kenneth's back. Tell a friend. Uh, Tony Kennett from the Daily Signal and the Tony Kennett Show here at 93 WIBC. Back-to-back days, the Tonus. The reason we got you back today is you stayed up late last night at this school board meeting at Hamilton Southeastern Schools. Take us through what was on the docket and why you were there. So I was there because uh, it was rumored that Dr. Stokes was going to provide a statement uh, concerning uh, Ben Yoder, a former teacher at Hamilton Southeast Junior High, or intermediate, I should say, uh, sending sexually suggestive texts to a senior at Hamilton Southeastern High School. Uh, What actually ended up happening that evening uh, was three hours of an insanely nonsensical progressive preen fest (laughs) over a mental health grant by the federal government that had strings attached. And oh my word, guys, I I was texting Nigel during the whole thing. It was hilarious just watching people get up and say, if we don't have this bill, then everyone's gonna die. And I was like, oh, are we really taking this seriously? There's like people crying in the audience, like holding each other. But what is the bill? What is it? So there's a grant that was uh, that was awarded yeah, to Hamilton the Southeastern. The, the lieutenant governor's written in favor of it, and uh, it's a 5.7 million dollar grant to increase the scope of mental health services provided, which is fine. That's that's a that's a good grant. However, there are strings attached, and the board, at least the most of the board, including the conservative majority, is not against the bill. They just have questions about the strings. What are the strings? Do we know? Yeah, one of the strings is that you have to hire racially diverse individuals. So there's like a racial quota set up. You have to go set up job fairs at uh, historically black colleges. You have to, one of the places also listed is Cincinnati, uh, which school board member Ben Orr thought was kind of weird that you would like single out. You need to go to Cincinnati to find people to be counselors here. And uh, the other thing they were concerned about is if we hire a bunch of counselors in five years when the grant money runs out, what do we do with them? Do we have to bring onto the budget 17, 20 new counselors full time? How are we going to explain that to the community, et cetera? And those were just questions they had. And every time one of the school board members asked a question, this progressive army of Karens would would (laughs) groan. And there were snide comments made by one of the liberal school board members, including not understanding how state policy works regarding grant approval. It was really embarrassing as an education as a former education policy advisor to actually sit there and listen to just the most nonsensical preening. It was like watching a peacock on display. It was pathetic. Well, the payroll question alone warrants a little discussion because, I mean, you can put this in the simplest terms. This could happen for a short period of time, but what happens when the grant money runs out? Do we just fire these people or do we have a referendum to help pay to keep these people here? I think that's a fair and, debate. And uh, yeah, one of the progressives actually answered that question and said, well, what you're just going to do is you're just going to figure it out when you get there, like I do with my <laughs> budget and I figure out once the expenses come in I figure out how to pay it and I, all I could wow. do is sit there thinking wow people actually manage their budgets this way no wonder everyone's living paycheck to paycheck 
This is absolutely wild. Oh, well, we'll just we'll come up with the money. Oh, we'll just we'll print some more. We'll magically just fart it out, and rainbows will come out, and unicorns will come running by. <laughs> oh yeah. So I, did they did they mention? Okay, so so was there any resolution there or? No, it went until eleven, and then finally the discussion was tabled for another day uh, because there was question. Uh, the The board has actually passed and approved grants before. The Eli Lilly grant was approved a couple years ago, um, and now this grant was was up for approval. It was just an information session. There was consideration of whether a vote was going to be called, and then there was one liberal school board member that went nuts. It was something else. Okay, I want to get to that in just a moment, but... Normally, I'm up till about 1 o'clock in the morning. That's the kind of dude that I am. I'm in bed, but I'm on my phone. I'm watching TV. Sure. May or not be gambling. Uh, (laughs) But last night, I KO'd early. I was tired. I was out by 11. I woke up this morning, and you guys are still texting back and forth. (laughs) Like You were still there until like 11. And I looked at one of the pictures... Who was the guy that was asleep? There was an indie star reporter, <laughs> I'm not going to name him, that was passed out at the table. The the Wish TV guy that was on camera, the poor guy was staring at the same spot on the wall for like 30 minutes. <laughs> like he was like he was remembering Vietnam and he was like 23. Oh. <laughs> like he's just like standing there like dead eyes, poor guy. And they just they really just wanted to cover the debate, but instead what they got to cover was political theater and it's, it's quite a shame. And so what was the thing, did they mention the the teacher that, that stepped down and resigned and is under investigation? Uh, no, actually. It was, a, no, they, they moved the some things, the- well, they moved some things around in the early part of the, we're going to move this around because there are a lot of people here that are really concerned about this, that, and the other. And uh, then by 11.30, I, I actually don't blame Dr. Stokes for not mentioning it last night. After about 11, 11.30 after that whole debate, just send everybody home. I wanted to go home. I didn't care at that point. I was I was butched for the evening. You were getting some good trolls uh, oh, while yeah. you were there. Have you guys heard the current theory that the indie progressive trolls on on a, on Twitter believe that the reason I was at the board meeting last night showing my face is because they think that they're going to fire the current superintendent and replace them with me. I, oh, wow. Apparently, I'm the future superintendent of Hamilton Southeastern. You I, got a new show, this a is, new job. I know. I, wow. I, All I, things I, coming up Tony right now. Yeah, no kidding. I, I was amazed, shocked. I got congratulations from my wife, otherwise known as the Ministry of Truth account. I mean, it was, it was positively <laughs> wonderful. Well, they don't understand. This is your job. This is your beat. This is what you do. At yeah, the, at when the, you at report on an signal. education story, you often go to the following school board board meeting that that's common practice but apparently oh i don't know i have no vested interest in this school why does tony care about hse well man you know when you have perverts hired at a school i'm gonna report on it that's the rules but the pervert wasn't discussed last night was it no we were busy arguing about mental health grants so what happened to the story then is it just swept under the rug and he no longer works here and nothing to see here well he's no longer working at the school and also the department of invest or the part the department of education is investigating whether he gets to keep his license in the state of indiana and if he loses his license, he won't be able to teach here or in like 30 other states without going before a board and explaining his actions. Feels like that should be something that the I public know, should know. Yeah. Like that should be something that is addressed in the meeting. I would want to make sure that my parents felt safe at a school by letting them know how we dealt with a possible predator situation. Uh, but Emily Pace Abbott's and Dr. Stotes have not felt that it, that's prudent at the present time. So, yeah. 
correct me if I'm wrong, but this Emily Pace Abbott, she was the one that thought she was real cute sending out snarky things when the uh, younger Shanavaz brother was going through some issues in the school district, correct? Yeah, that's true. And, and interesting you should mention that. That was right about the time that Ben Yoder was texting this guy sexual messages. You know, they'd already received months of complaints about Ben Yoder's behavior and had just brushed it off. There's one parent who showed me emails that he basically asked the school, hey, can you please reassure us that this kind of horrible behavior this guy has had isn't going to affect my students. And HSC administration completely brushed him off. Hamilton County, it's it's an interesting place because, yes, there are some very diehard conservatives there. Mm-hmm. Uh, our pal Greg Garrison is now the prosecutor of Hamilton County. Uh, but you've also got a group of folks who put these lunatics in charge, like at the school board meetings. You have a lot of rich progressives living in their three-story suburban houses and their cul-de-sacs, and they don't actually contribute to anything in the community. They don't actually participate in any charities. They don't actually participate in anything that makes the community better in any market way. But they do start a lot of really fun little affirmation clubs, and they support their little <laughs> political causes. And it's, it's a lot like the Southern aristocracy right before the Civil War. They don't actually care about anything. They just want to be seen. Uh, so that you can affirm them and that they can believe that they're somehow better than you. All right. Where can we find more of your work, my friend? You can find me over at Daily Signal, and you should tune in on Saturdays from 1 to 3 when I break down more of the nonsense on The Tony Kennett Show. Tweets are welcomed, I hear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, You can always follow me at The Tonus. Tony, you're the best. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right. Rob Kendall's in the hallway. He's jumping rope. He's just dumped Gatorade on his own head. He just made a rude gesture at me. He is fired up. He's ready to go off the rails. That's coming up right after a look at the news. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it. And stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. And now, Hammer and Nigel go off the rails with Rob Kendall on 93 WIBC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Rob Kendall from the Kendall and Casey Show. Here to go off the rails. Rob, how are you? I'm great. Thanks, as always, to our segment sponsor, Garage Doors of Indianapolis. State of the Union address. Joe Biden this week. Uh, your thoughts. Do we even need a State of the Union address, really? I mean, this is not something that's uh, necessary, is it? Well, it's just a legalized, taxpayer-funded campaign speech. I mean, that's what these things have become. Now, I think we should make it like British Parliament, where the other side has the opportunity to yell and boo, and you want to chuck a chair up there, whatever you want to do. Well, uh, they're very nice about it, though. We're way too nice in this country, and uh, I think we need to uh, uh, take it up a notch. You know, it's kind of pissing me off that Kevin McCarthy was back there shushing people. (laughs) <laughs> no, don't, no, Biden. That's what Kevin McCarthy did that's pissed you off? Well, I mean, just just that night. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, look, like don't, Biden deserved every bit of uh, that heckling that he was getting. And don't sit back there and go, shh. Like I love Nige wanted McCarthy to be like, it's third down. He's getting the crowd hyped <laughs> yeah. up and his arms yeah. are up. And all of a sudden, we ready. He plays over the PA. <laughs> well, look, this is who Kevin McCarthy is. He is an establishment stooge. There's a reason Mitch McConnell desperately wanted Kevin McCarthy to be Speaker of the House. And and hours before that, the big deal of that day wasn't Biden's speech. It was that Kevin McCarthy came out and said, we will absolutely not allow the nation to fall to its debt and we will absolutely not touch social security or or medicare and so thus we're done here i mean everything i said about mccarthy and the republicans was right it didn't even take a month and uh, you didn't like that he did that why 
Because in, in, in a negotiation, if indeed the goal of the Republicans is to get spending under control, <laughs> I told a little joke, uh, but if indeed that was their goal, the one card you have is Biden has said, we cannot allow our nation to default on its debt. He's already staked out his position, so you hold all the cards. Well, if you take that off the table and you take the thing that is a primary driver of government spending, which is entitlements, what do you have left here and what are you negotiating on? And Biden took multiple opportunities during that speech yes. to take jabs at McCarthy and the Republicans over McCarthy admitting that. All right, so let's go down the rabbit hole of entitlements and Social Security. Because earlier on your show today, you kind of had a little bonus edition of Off the Rails where you flipped out because somebody accused you of being too mean about Social Security. Well, this is what people do, and this is why we are $31 trillion in debt. Because everyone says they hate government until it's the government that they want. And then when it's the government that they want, they will defend it to the death. And I've had the audacity to say, which is, it's true, you are entitled at a certain age to collect Social Security. And you will collect that until the day you die. You are entitled at a certain age to collect Medicare. You are eligible to accept that until the day you die. Well, if you are entitled to accept something, I don't know. I call that an entitlement. <laughs> <laughs> and, and people were giving you crap for that. Well, because what we do on our show is we hold the mirror up, and that, we and we had a problem with that word entitlement. Oh yeah, right? like look, look, you paid into it. Nobody's disputing you yes, paid into it. Absolutely, but. You are, if you're entitled to something, it is an entitlement. And if you can collect it until the day you die, there's a good chance if you live 30, 35 years, which is not uncommon now, you will have taken more out of the system than you put into the system. And now we have more people accepting the system than paying into the system. And the system is going to run out of money. And people from my generation and from Kevin, our producer's generation, are going to get left holding the bag. But we don't want to have that conversation. We want to hug everybody and say, it's going to be just fine. Social Security will be. Be there forever and people got really mad that we had that conversation well, and biden by the way back to the state of the union address even though they had already made that agreement that that social security was not going to be taken off the table or was being taken off the table biden still continues to perpetuate that lie well, because he gets, he gets points off of it. Yeah. I mean, they, that's all the guy does is he lie. Said they're they're going to take it away. Medicare and Social Security, they're taking it away, even though they already made an agreement. We, we have a crisis of honesty in this country, and it's both parties. Because the honest conversation with somebody like me, I've got it up at Rob M. Kendall. I've got it pinned to the top right now, at Rob M. Kendall, about when Social Security is going to be running out of money. It's not that far off. Basically 2035. So what, 12 years? The thing is broke. The honest conversation, if we are honest brokers from our elected officials would be to people like me and to people like Kevin, our producers, 27, to say, look, you guys are getting totally screwed on this. We have screwed you as a country for years and years and years. Let's come together and figure out how you can have a stable, invested, secure retirement that doesn't involve this Ponzi scheme that we know is going to completely be out of money within the next, at best, 15 to 20 years. But we, we don't want to do that. We want to lie to people and tell them it's going to be there when we are going to get screwed. What's the strategy behind Biden's speech? Because for the better portion of two years, it's gross, disgusting, 
ultra MAGA Republicans. They're going to be the death of us all. And now you watch the State of the Union. If you're somebody that doesn't follow this kind of stuff the way that we do, it's on every channel, so you really don't have a choice. You watch that. You hear him going after big tech and doing all the things that Republicans have been saying for years. Yeah, the strategy is that we are a society who has enough stupid people in it that we elected hi, good night, everybody. And so Biden knows it doesn't matter what he actually does. People are going to hear that speech and they're going to go, Joe's on my side. He's going after big tech. Absolutely. People it got have, him elected. People have the attention span of a gnat, right? I mean, it doesn't matter. You can lie, and we are to blame, and you get the government you deserve. And the Social Security conversation and Medicare conversation that we have had the last couple days and the just just very angry response from people who otherwise claim to be conservatives, look, you paid into it. I'm not disputing that. You should be very mad, but don't be mad at the radio broadcaster. I didn't make you do that. I don't have a vote in this. I'm just doing math, which is telling you this thing is out of money within the next 10 to 15 years. Maybe we get lucky and maybe you stretch it out to 20. But the reality is by the government's own estimates, this thing is done in about 2035. Why are you mad at me about that? How do you fix it? Well, I think the honest conversation you've got to have to people like me and to people like Kevin is to say, you have paid into this for a very long time. Now, we can continue to lie to you and you'll get screwed in the end, or we can tell you the truth and just get you a little bit screwed now and allow you to take control of your own investment. Now, if you came to me right now, I've paid in for 24 years of Social Security. I started working when I was 15 years old. If you came to me right now and said, you get none of that that you paid in, but you don't have to pay into this thing anymore, and you can invest your own money as you see fit, I would absolutely, without a doubt, out, take that tomorrow. And an honest conversation amongst honest brokers to actually help the public, that is the sort of conversation we should be having. And of that money that you would take out right now, would you pull a big nudge and put it all on the Eagles? <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'm saying is I would accept that I'm never going to see that money, that it's wasted money, that it's money that I would never get that I've paid in because I'm not going to get it anyway. There's no math tells you I will not be eligible for Social Security for 23 more years. They're telling us in 2035, which is 12 years, it's it's gone. We don't want to be honest. And when people try to be honest with us, even when it's a radio broadcaster, I guess people feel better calling and yelling at me. I feel like there's some parallels here uh, within the state um, dealing with property taxes sure. and the state legislature right now. What's going on with that? Well, think about this. The Indiana Republican Party made getting illegal, making sure illegals can get driver's licenses a bigger priority than property taxes. A bill has passed out of committee that would allow illegal immigrants, people who are in this country illegally who are breaking the freaking law <laughs> to get to get a driver's license and so what the indiana republican party is saying is the illegal immigrants who are lawbreakers who are violating the rules and regulations of this country are a bigger priority than law-abiding tax-paying citizens who many people are going to have to make a very hard decision on if they can afford to live in their homes it's a Total mismanagement of priorities. All right, so let me just be devil's advocate here because you know the tweets and comments are going to come in. Rob, what's law? What's wrong with these people, these illegals, getting a driver's license if they're willing to drive to work and do all the jobs pay that taxes. Gen X and Gen Z doesn't want to do? And pay into the system, too. Because there's a way you come into this country. Look, Trump said this the first time he ran. Either you have a country or you don't. And having a country, if we decide we're going to be a country, means you have things like borders and you have rules and regulations by which you enter this country. There's nothing wrong with saying I want a very big wall with a very wide gate to enter this country. But the reality is these are people who have broken the law. The Republican Party in this state is putting people who have broken the law ahead of law-abiding, tax-paying, hard-working people who are just trying to figure out how the hell do we we stay in our home. 
when we come back, so we got to hit a break right here, but when we come back, I want to get your thoughts on this big tech hearing that took place yesterday. The fire Twitter executives, uh, they were in front of the oversight committee in the house. Can you stick around? Let's do it. We're going off the rails with Rob Kendall. We're coming back. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Second segment with Rob Kendall going off the rails. Twitter executives hauled. They were subpoenaed to be in front of this uh, Congress, this committee hearing on Twitter and their suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story before the election. Your thoughts? Well, some guy named Yoel was up there. Yoel Roth, who is the biggest weasel <laughs> in the planet. Bobby Heenan thinks Yoel Roth is a weasel. Uh, <laughs> here's the concern, right? Because everybody knew what these guys and girls were, right? They're total radical leftists who hate Republicans, they hate conservatives, and they wanted to squash the ability of conservatives or things that would help conservatives to be hurt. We all know that. It, but, but before, it was just something you complained about because it's their business. And if they want to be in bad business practice that alienates or pushes away big, big volumes of customers, that's between them and their investors. The reality now, though, is we know definitively, without a doubt, that Twitter and high-level executives from Twitter were working in coordination with the federal government, nameless, faceless bureaucrats in the federal government to stymie and squash the free speech of citizens. I mean, that is the story that has come out of this, is that your government was conspiring conspiring with a gigantic media company to make sure that you were not seen or heard. And that's First Amendment stuff Absolutely. going on right there. That's the story. That's, that's violation. Twitter can totally be liberal and radical left and whatever. You don't have to use the platform. But when you have the government working in cahoots with that platform, that is the story. But they're going to get away with it. And this is what I talked about the minute that the Republicans won the House, because they promised we're going to have hearings. We're going to bring the Twitter executives in here. And it's Marjorie Taylor Greene and it's Jim Jordan. And they dressed them down. They lectured them. We played the audio on it yesterday. And now what? Nothing. These people got away with everything. Other than a few sound bites and social media posts from yesterday, it's going to be forgotten by tomorrow that these people even came into Capitol Hill. Yeah, that's what happens every single time. And that's that's why I said you people are dreaming if you think anything is going to change by electing uh, these Republicans and then electing Kevin McCarthy to be Speaker because they'll do the dog and pony show, right? They'll do the thing say, we had these hearings. We held them accountable. You didn't really hold them accountable. And then on the things that we actually need them to deliver on, which is the spending, it is the debt, it is the deficit, you're going to get absolutely nothing on that. That is why I gave up on these people a long time ago. I loathe almost every single one of these people, and I have zero faith in them that they will ever do anything to help me or my family. A couple minutes left here um, with Rob Kendall, uh, probably about 90 seconds here. Uh, Super Bowl, uh, Sunday. Who you got? Well, I feel like you're going to end up sleeping at my house if the Eagles don't win uh, because you bet your entire life savings uh, on the game. Nige took out his social security. Yeah. He's got it riding on Jalen Hurts. I feel like if the Eagles don't win, we're going to end up having to venture up to about the seventh floor here at the Emmis building and going, it'll be okay, Nige. It'll all be fine. Here's the difference. The Eagles are going to win, though. Well, it, it doesn't matter to me because I'm going to probably throw a 10 ten spot out there and either way i will still be fine you on the other hand i am cheering for the eagles for you because i don't want to have to deal with you (laughs) if 
Radio broadcaster goes missing. Wife claims she has no idea. <laughs> Luckily, my wife doesn't really listen to this program. So she still doesn't know how much money I got riding on this thing, which, well, again, for the listeners, is $400. Now, didn't Hammer, you had a famous bet where you were on the verge of losing huge money at a casino one time, and you came back and won, and you were just able to buy yourself something nice, for, buy something nice for your wife, and everything was fine. So as long Correct. as you win, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, you sweat that thing out from the kickoff to <laughs> yep. the very end. There's yeah. no doubt. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts! <laughs> Special thanks to uh, the Garage Doors of Indianapolis, the most fabulous garage door company in the entire world. Thanks, guys. He is off the rails. He's Rob Kendall. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.